Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. Oh, this one's one of my favorites. John Jay is one of those mayors in baseball where he has played in a lot of different spots, played in the game for a while. Now he's right into coaching within the game too. So he stays just as deep inside the game of baseball. And he also has many interests off the field. So this is kind of the total package for us. It really is. And he's kind of like a little brother to me, uh, you know, both uh, from my home town of Miami and also you know, like, like my home neighborhood of uh, Westchester, as we call it over there, Westchester and, and um, my high school, you know, both have our, our uh, names retired over there in the, in the walk of fame of Christopher Columbus high, very proud of it. And also he's been such, like you said, a great representative, but the interesting thing I'm looking forward to in the, in the, in this having Johnny on is that he wasn't your consummate superstar, you know, expected to be an all-star, you know, right from the bat out of, out of the womb. So he had to fight hard and he sure did accomplish a lot. Oh, he earned it. No doubt about it. And a fun teammate for many, for many years and, and really beloved in St. Louis. You'll hear all about it. John Jay, come on down. Twelve-year big leaguer coming through with a 2011 World Series ring with the Cardinals. He's got some clutch playoff numbers too. Very recently retired from his playing days. Very busy. Very much involved in Major League Baseball. Still the f- current first base and outfield coach of the Miami Marlins. New gig for him. Also a friend, fellow U Miami alum. Pumped to have John Jay in the lounge. What's up, Jay? How you doing? How's life? Everything's good, man. Can't complain. Uh, you know, here from from Miami right now, from the U, uh, just hanging out. Beautiful day here in January. Representing Miami very well, man. Uh, it's good to see you again. It's been a, been a minute, brother. Um, a kind of a whirlwind the last uh, few weeks and months, man. Catch us up to John Jay's world. <clears throat> oh man, it's been crazy. So, uh, you know, I recently retired after the twenty one season, and. Um, I was actually back in school. So I was back here on campus finishing up my, my degree. I have one class left that I'm going to be taking this spring. So that was kind of been my main focus of was with everything, you know, hang with the family and, and get my degree, which is something that, you know, I always want to do for myself and, you know, for my, you know, I promised my mom and my family that I would, I would finish one day. So doing that and, you know, enjoying the family. And then, you know, I, I had uh, luckily I got the opportunity to stay at home and, you know, be the new first base coach of the Marlins, which I'm super excited about. How clutch is it that you're able to get a gig like this, your your first pro MLB coaching gig, and it's in your backyard? So obviously, you know, you played for, like I mentioned, double digit years, and you're on the road a lot, which, of course, you're still gonna be on the road with the team. But home base is home base, which is huge for you and the fam, right? Oh, it's huge. You know, I, I have we have twin daughters that are six and my son's almost two months. And I remember with uh, with the girls, we moved probably 25 times or something like that. It was something outrageous. But, uh, you know, it's part of the gig, but it's nice to be able to stay at home. And, you know, the opportunity was great to be able to stay at home in Miami. Um, you know, I had been offered a couple of things the last couple of years or whatnot. You know, I was very lucky to be in that position, but, you know, it just didn't make sense for my family at the time. And, and this made perfect sense. Hey, before we get into, I, I think, what, what I feel you know, will be and is uh, an impactful presence for you with the Miami Marlins as a very recently retired player and all the youngsters they have there. Let's go back to when you were a youngster, if you will, Johnny J. I've known you since you were a kid. Um, our families go way back to, uh, well, you were born in Miami, but uh, our families go back to Santiago de Cuba and, and, and have known each other for, for many, many years. So, and we went to the same high school and, and got our our plaques as a Hall of Famers at Columbus, Christopher Columbus High School, man. So I know we're both proud of of being uh, uh, explorers, former explorers. But give us a little bit of uh, the Miami Guanis we see more back in the day of growing up in Miami. Yeah, uh, you know, awesome. you know, like both of you guys being here is great with you guys. You know, we have, uh, you know, we're real friends, and it's cool to be able to do this with you guys. It's awesome. But yeah, growing up in Miami, um, you know, I just love sports, and you know, coming from a Cuban background, and you know, especially growing up when it, it was a, uh, you know, predominantly Cuban community, baseball was huge. And it's funny because nobody in my family really played baseball. I was really the first one. Uh, my grandpa was a big fan, 
but nobody really played it like that. And as a kid, I just fell in love with the sport. And I, I, I liked, I loved soccer and baseball. And it became a time where I said, "How oh, baseball is what I want to do." And I think I was around ten years old, and you know, it was huge. I mean, I remember games here, eleven, twelve years old at the Boys and Girls Club, and it really helped me get to the point where I'm at today, where you know, you're we were playing with pressure at ten, eleven years old with you know fans and you know families out there. And I remember having the the batting averages up on the wall, so you know, before games, everybody would look and see like, "All right, who's hitting what and who's doing what?" And so it was very competitive in in a fun way, and you know, it really laid the roots for me to you know be able to go on and have a a, a career in Major League Baseball. What did your fam say about you playing baseball as a kid? Like, did you say to your family, I'm going to make it to the majors? And were they like, sure, go for it? Or, hey, have a good backup plan? They're super supportive, you know, as long as I was doing something. And uh, I think really, and the beauty of sports, right? It teaches you dedication. It teaches you commitment. It teaches you sacrifice. And, you know, I was lucky to make it to the point I got to now. But I think that's what, you know, a lot of the guys that I grew up playing with, you know, they're super successful and it goes to that that baseball background of dedication and all that. So I think for my family, that was the biggest thing. And, you know, they always pushed education. You know, education was always first in my household. So really, I didn't have that pressure of like, hey, you know, uh, you know, baseball is everything and all that. So I remember being in high school, my, you know, in the fall playing rec basketball on the side. And, you know, that was before the Internet. So you can kind of get away with that. But nobody really knew I was playing baseball on the side. Sophomore year, trying to make varsity and base and uh, sorry, playing basketball, trying to make varsity and baseball. So it was very uh, it was very relaxed. But, you know, it was almost like they let me, you know, dictate how much I wanted to do. And uh, I just from an early age, I loved it. And I, you know, I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to just kind of, uh, you know, have some success in it. You know, but you hit an interesting point, man. Again, with us having a similar background. Um, thankfully, your family was very supportive. Uh, they pushed education. So, so was mine, right? With my mother being a teacher. But I want you to hit an interesting point because you were talking about how competitive it was. I don't think people realize Miami in the 80s. You were born in the 80s, but the 80s into the 90s, into now. Um, but really more... I think you've come you came out of that era before travel ball really kind of took in, right? And it was more league ball. How competitive it was and how I'm gonna go ahead and say it, chimoso it was at times, which is kind of like gossipy <laughs> in Spanish, Scotty B. And and people, you know, just throwing at each other, parents and stuff, and even the players themselves. I, I think you stepped away from that, as did I, but but give us give us a little view into into that type of world that Americans don't know. Yeah, I mean, and and I get it. You know, we we're you know a lot of us. This was our our, our way out. Like myself, you know, this is our way to make it. And you know, from a young age, that's that's everything. It's like, hey, you know, that's so for me. It was like, all right, I can use baseball to get a college scholarship. Really, Scotty, we talked about like making it to the majors, all stuff. Like me, I just wanted to go to college. Like, how am I going to pay for college? It, it's through baseball. So that was really where, where I put my emphasis and worked on. But like you said, you're dealing with, you know, you know, guys talking smack to each other from a young age of like, I'm better than you or, you know, you're, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, the parents showing up to different events and stuff like that. So it was very, very competitive. And like I said, that's the reason, um, you know, I learned to compete from a young age and I just continued to do that throughout high school, throughout college and, and throughout pro ball. Oh, that sounds like a more fun style, though. I definitely, you know how I always push the entertainment factor of baseball. I mean, that's a reality show within itself. And there's not many it is. 12-year-old leagues I'd watch on television. Well, <laughs> no, it, for is, sure it is. But I'm going to tell you something, and he'll agree with me. Um, it is. But it was in the era that I grew up in, in the in the late 70s and early 80s, um, it was almost over the top. And I and I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm separated from from JJ and, 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 uh, and actually it took me going away to college, uh, just four hours away where I ended up settling in my life here in Tampa Bay, Florida to kind of flap my wings and kind of get away. Cause I was a big guy, six, four at 15. And, you know, so it could be a little overwhelming at times. And, uh, even though I had a centered family, so, uh, you know, you went to the, U. speaking of, uh, you know, you stayed home. And and uh, that that must have been a great thing for you. I was headed to the U after my my one year of college uh, at, at JC, but uh, that's been a powerhouse baseball program and a great school, uh, you know, academically. So it must have been a very proud moment for you and your family. Oh, for sure. And I I think you kind of hit on something that was you know I didn't have to deal with, and a lot of my friends had to deal with, right? Like I was never that top prospect. I was never the guy that 
you know, really wowed you with tools in high school, especially, I mean, I was 14, 15 years old running a 7960, which is, you know, you'd probably, that, that doesn't fly at all, right? So right. I always I always kind of flew under the radar. So I didn't have all that pressure of like, you know, you were big and like, you know, every time you came to the place, like, oh, we need him to hit a home run right now. What's going to happen? Yeah. Like, I was I was like, all right, this guy's going to drop a bunt and like, you know, go first <laughs> or third and make a diving play. So, you know, I look at my Columbus teams and, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not trying to rub it in because we went to the same high school, but you know, we were part of the first state championship team. There. You were, you were, yeah. And and um, 2003, you know, baby. Yeah, oh three. So I mean, on my team, I was probably the fifth best player on the team. I mean, we had guys. You know, we had guys that had some real tools. You know, guys that ran six five sixties that threw, you know, played shortstop through ninety five off the bump. So we had guys like that. So I never had that pressure of um, you know, kind of that thing. But then, you know, going to Miami, like you talked about, was it was the best thing, you know, that ever happened to me. But that was that was my goal, really, in life was like, I want to go to UM. Like anything after UM is, is cool. Like, you know, like we talked about, the big leagues is amazing. I, I've been very fortunate to have a great career and, and I was able to do a lot of things. But for me, like just going to Miami was like, all right, you know, bucket list. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, whatever happens <laughs> after this is good. But, you know, and then going to Miami as a local kid. You know, it was it, it really helped me, uh, you know, grow up in a sense of, you know, I was still living here at home in Miami. But, you know, I, I had, you know, my high school friends. I had my college friends. And, you know, I'm here at the U where it's like, you know, 24-7 baseball. You know, we're lifting weights at 6 in the morning. Then, you know, you got study hall after class. And it was so I learned to kind of juggle all these different things at that point, you know, while still having fun and enjoying myself. And, you know, it was great for me where I got to do it in front of, you know, my family, my friends. And it was uh, it was definitely a, a different college experience, but it was it was amazing. Those other kids that you're talking about in high school that say were faster than you or, you know, some of their tools were standing out to scouts. Did anyone else make it? Did you have big league uh, teammates from high school? Um, not from high school, not from high school, but you know, a lot of guys, I mean, the majority of guys I played with in high school went to division one, um, mm -hmm. you know, division one schools, you know, got to play in college world series or whatnot. But um, I mean, even in my district, I remember at the time, and I, I was talking about it this morning at the gym, it was like, you know, we had Cole Park down the street where Sean Rodriguez and uh, now a big league hitting coach Guillermo Martinez were playing and, and uh, Robert Vlito. And then, you know, you had Columbus here and then Cole Gables down the street had Eddie Rodriguez and Yonder. So it was like it was just guys. And that was just our district in high school baseball. Like it wasn't even like the state or the, the county. Like that, that was just our district within, you know, a, a three mile radius. So, you know, there's tons of talent just everywhere. And, you know, growing up in Miami, another great thing was you kind of got to know everyone from playing, you know, from early on. And that's something, you know, we didn't have really had travel ball like that so you kind of stayed local and you know had tournaments here and, and and you got to really i got to meet you know people from all you know from the whole from all the way down from homestead all the way north to fort lauderdale palm beach so kind of the whole south florida area which is pretty cool and, and special by the way i i also was a kid that uh, brought a first state championship to a high school you didn't know that did you no i did not you know how because it's been my sophomore year I was at Coral Park before I transferred to Columbus, my junior. That's how powerful Columbus was in our neighborhood and wanting my parents who always wanted me to go to Columbus. As a sophomore, I was on the varsity at Coral Park and we won the first state championship and I got the winning hit in, in, in the state title here in Tampa, of all places. Uh, and, and, uh, and then the next year transferred to Columbus for my junior and senior year. Uh, and we came up short twice there on the state titles, but um, great school. And then you went to UM, another great school. But then Springfield, what, Missouri? Is that where you first went played at? Uh, so actually, yeah, so in 2006, I got drafted with the Cardinals and I went to Quad Cities, Iowa. So that was okay, so I mean, tell me because I know how it was. For They're me. the same. Oh, I've been Yo, there. Wow, Quad yeah. cities in Miami have very little differences. <laughs> I, I think Miami might have like maybe a few extra grocery stores. The clubs are the same though. Every, <laughs> everything's the same, dude. I went from Miami to I mean Tampa, basically Miami, Tampa to Paintsville, Kentucky. So tell me about Quad Cities and and how that was and the experience of kind of a, a little bit of shell shock. Yeah. Well, I think we, we got to back up, right? It wasn't even pro ball for me. You know, remember in college, you know, a lot of times you get the chance to go play summer ball. So after my freshman season, I went to Stanton, Virginia. So I was part of the Stanton Braves. Yeah. And that was where it, it kind of hit me, you know, where I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's different. And yeah, so, I, you know, I go to Stanton, Virginia and, uh, you know, 
have a host family, didn't have a car, had to like just figure it all out, you know, figure out how to get around, you know, after games. I was used to being at, at Miami where, you know, we're lucky enough where, you know, they, you know, we were catered to, right? Our clothes is washed, everything's done for you. And then, you know, you go to summer ball and it's like, you know, you're, you're doing everything for yourself again. Like, <laughs> I, I just got used to doing all this stuff. I just came from the World Series, you know, we're staying at the Embassy Suites and we're doing all this cool stuff at the time. And we're like, and then I go to Stan, Virginia and I was like, whoa, this is, this is a lot different. And it was, and it was very motivating for me too, because yes. You know, after freshman year, a lot of guys were going to the Cape or they're going to USA team. And, you know, I had just come off a pretty good freshman campaign, but we had signed our contracts in the fall. So, you know, I, I go to Stan, Virginia, and I'm kind of looking around and I'm like, man, all these guys that I, I played just as good at are going to the Cape or they're going on USA. And, you know, I'm, I'm in Stanton, which, which was a great experience. But I was like, man, I, you know, the goal is, you know, to get to the Cape or to play USA. So, you know, it was my first time kind of, being away from home and doing that. So it, it all kind of hit me at once. And that's, that was really when I, when I really, really grew up, you know, I really grew up and, you know, all my friends are at home. It's their first summer in Miami, you know, everyone's in the keys or hanging out on the beach or doing right. all this fun stuff. And, and I'm getting the phone calls and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm taking a bus across, you know, middle of the night across Virginia, you know, four hours there, four hours back that same day, play the next day. So that was really, that was the first time that I got that. Whoa, what, you know, what's going on here type of moment. And there were no Ubers or, or taxis or anything too. When you're saying, <laughs> no, "Hey, no, I got to no. get around," because yeah. I broadcasted well, in the Cape League, and you know, I mean, I, I got the car up there eventually, but like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're kind of screwed, or you're just making really good friends that are taking you around. Yeah, and oh, you know, this is you know, and you know, and even the minor leagues and and traveling around, you know, we didn't have DoorDash or you know, not the, Ooh, like you said, Uber. Waffle, like, you had Waffle House. Yeah, you had a Waffle House. <laughs> but you got like, to go and get it, like. From a time management standpoint, right? And if you're in the minors, like Jay, this is big, right? If you're in the minors from a time management standpoint, you're getting to the park really early and working on something. Then you play your game and you know you got to get some sleep too at some point and whatever else you got going on. Like really clutch to be able to just press a few buttons and your food shows up. Super clutch. You know, I remember walking, you know, you'd find out, all right, there's a local, you know, there's food two miles down, like, you know, make a left on this street and it's like, all right, let's, let's go. And then, you know, in those times too, there was a lot more rules as far as like, you know, and oh, you can attest to this. You had more rules than I had, but like, you yes. know, you have to be wearing pants and, you mm -hmm. know, collar shirt and, you know, it's a hundred degrees somewhere and you're just, you're walking in jeans, you know, going to get food and stuff, you know, just little things that, but it's, it, that's the stuff that builds us, right? So It builds you. Know, you. That's a it builds, great it builds you. thing to say, bro. It, it, it really you, does. So. And it frames you and nothing against those. Not, I mean, I love, and I, I would never replace Paintsville, Kentucky and Oneonta, New York, uh, Albany, New York, as I climb my way up to, you know, Columbus, Ohio, and then New York, you know, New York city, and then, you know, Pittsburgh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those were stepping stones that I have fond memories. Don't you have fond memories of, of a particular, even if it's just one person or one place, I, I have stories that I think built me and molded me to. And I and I took a trek of like two years in A ball, two years in double A, two years in triple A. So it, it wasn't easy, but but uh I, I I don't regret it. No, for sure. I mean, and you know, it's something that now I reflect on even more, you know, having not not playing anymore and all that. It's like, you know, it's really not it's about the journey, right? It's not about the destination because you know, we get there, we hit these goals, and then it's like, all right, now what? Now I want to do more, you know. And that's kind of where, where where I've been the last year and a half where all right, I've done with baseball as a player, it's been amazing to me. You know, I I loved every second of it. And you know, I crossed off a lot of goals, and then now it's like, all right, now now what's next? You know, what's the next journey to, to get to that destination? So yeah, all that stuff is is what makes us and it builds our character. And I you know, like you said, I wouldn't change it for one bit. And that's where you know the fondest memories come, right? Of of the guys and like after a game, like, hey, we gotta walk here or do do whatever the take, you know, takes right. to get food. And you're walking with you know 10, 15 guys to go get food because everyone's going to the same restaurant Remember that? Or yeah. whatever's <laughs> going on. So those are really, you know, those are really the the, the best times for when you're grinding to get to that to that destination. And I will say this. So then fast forwarding to the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your great moments with the St. Louis Cardinals um, and especially early on in your career, spending time with them, you're in a city where, yeah, it's not New York. It's not Miami, but it, the opposite end of that is everyone knows who you are. You are an instant celebrity, which is good and bad, but mostly good. Right. I mean, extra support from everyone we know i mean you go back there somewhat frequently you go back there it's like you are treated like gold that is a spot where everybody is dedicated to the st louis cardinals and like nothing sneaks by them right like francisco lindor last year i was talking to him about new york and he was like i can walk down my street and no one knows who i am like 
most of the time, right? Like I can just live amongst the people and there's movies, movie actors and people walking down the street and all yeah. that. So it's just like, oh, cool. Like there's Leo DiCaprio or something where it's like John Jay and the St. Louis Cardinals walking down the street in St. Louis. They know you're there, right? No, for sure. Especially, you know, back then I had my fro and stuff, so I, I really stuck out. But, <laughs> but no, it, it, it is it is truly incredible. And like I said, I, I've been so lucky in my life and so blessed to, you know, like we talked about, going to Columbus, a great school where my grandparents sacrificed so much for me to go there. Going to UM, another great institution. And then, I mean, then I get drafted to the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, it, it was a perfect place for me. Like, I, you know, that was my type of baseball. That was, it was just a perfect time. And then you go to St. Louis and I mean, the support is it's ridiculous, right? There's forty thousand people every single night at the games. Yeah, you can't go you can't go anywhere without seeing red. So, you know, my wife and I will go get breakfast in the morning. You know, you see Cardinals hats and stuff, and it's just stuff that as a player you get fired up, right? You you see, you're like, wow, they really care. You you know, and you want to do even better and stuff, and and just I I I you know I like that pressure. I like that you know those expectations of like, hey, this is a winning town, this is a winning organization, and this is what we do here. And really, I think. Um, you know, that, that was the best part about that is, is the support we got. And, and to this day, you know, I spend my time in between St. Louis and Miami. We still have a home there. We're pretty involved in the community there. And and it's it's crazy. It's like I still get love and I haven't played there since 2015. It's like it's it's crazy to me. I'm like, you know, the way they treat me there and, and the organization, everything's just, uh, you know, it's top notch. It's great. Yeah, but you want you, you, you want a ring there. So that'll never be forgotten, man. Sure. Take us through, you know, you're up in 2010. I was so proud of you, kid. And and uh and and you get to play quite a bit because again, go into like you were talking about the bunting and and you know then you found your speed. You were such a diverse player, you know, uh, and could play all three outfields and a headsy player. I mean, to, you know, break down your your game for us, uh, if you will. Yeah, uh, nothing sexy, nothing fancy. Uh, uh, it was pretty sexy. That 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 just... hit in the in the eleven World Series is pretty sexy. <laughs> I think uh, I think I was just if I can describe it, you know, just got the job done, you know, did the little things right, you know, the little things that don't necessarily show up in the in the box score, you know, going first to third, um, you know, beating out a, a ground ball, just really based on effort was uh, I, I I would describe my game. It was it was based on a lot of effort and and really just trying to outsmart people, right? Just uh, understanding, okay, I, I might not have the same tools as you, but I'm not gonna let you outwork me, and I'm not gonna let you outsmart me, and that's kind of what I took pride on and, and molded my career after. And you always knew you know especially being around him uh oh this guy's yeah. gonna be i mean i'm biased so a broadcaster but but also i mean really a coach so here we are pretty quickly right you're yes. coaching with the miami marlins so how did it come about and how excited are you and also i mean i know i'm asking a million questions in one like you get to put your stamp on your coaching style which will evolve too but you get to say hey like here's here are the coaches that i loved when I was playing and here's what they did. Here's the philosophies that I like to give to other players. And now you get to craft that and like, be, it's your brand as a coach. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I, I got to play for so many different organizations and, and had so much, so, you know, great leadership, you know, starting with, you know, Tony LaRusso was my first manager in the big league. So, you know, talk about, you know, having a routine and making sure you take care of the little things and all these different things. So, you know, I've really been blessed to be around all these different guys. And like you said, just taking little things and they learn and then either other players, right. I've, I've got to play with so many players and, and you, you watch guys work and, and you see what works for them and just different things like that. And, you know, for me, you know, getting to this coaching position now, uh, it was something that I always knew could, was a possibility. And I kind of always went into this. And I think when we talked about broadcasting different things, I said, look, I, I never say never, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and reach out to people to, to like actively find a job right now. Cause I want to finish school. And that's like my whole focus on that, but I'm always up for conversation. So, you know, I'll, I was lucky enough to do um, last year. I was, I was able to announce the broadcasting for the ESPN for the regionals here in Miami. And I had a great time. They called me back actually for this year, but you know, I have my new gig, um, you know, just doing different things. So, you know, when Skip got the job here, he said, hey, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, you can, um, you know, for you to be the first face coach here, outfit coach, I'm going to recommend you, you know, meet with the brass and all that. And, you know, let's see what happens. And, you know, something I had to sit down with my family with. And, you know, my wife was great. My parents, super supportive. Everyone was. And it's like, hey, this is the perfect opportunity. And, you know, we sat down with Kane and, and, and the brass and, you know, great conversations. And it was, it was fluid. It was nice. And, you know, here I am now as, as the first face coach of, of the Miami Martins. And it's been so much fun so far, you know. 
I got to go to the winter meetings this year where, you know, we, we brought our whole staff, a brand new staff pretty much, except for the pitching side. So I got to, you know, just get insight, you know, thrown into the fire and, and, and just learning as much as I can. And I think something that helped me out as well with this is, you know, I was always asking coaches questions. You know, I remember, you know, Eric Hinsky was another guy where I'd always say, Hey, how'd you get into coaching? Like, how'd this happen? What, what goes on with this? And, and he'd always tell me, Hey, you're going to coach one day. Don't worry. Don't even stop asking these questions. It's going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I would always ask, you know, guys like that, you know, Alex core the same, you know, he was one of the first calls I, I gave when, you know, I was taking this into consideration, like, Hey, how do you know when you're ready to do this? You know, how do you know what's going on? You know, will Venable. So, you know, I really, you know, reach out to guys and, you know, I have so many mentors in this game and really just use their knowledge and, you know, get the little tidbits from what I need. But like I said, it's, it's been a blast and, you know, being down in Miami, um, I've been working with some of the guys already, which has been a ton of fun and just gearing up for some training, getting ready to go. You know, I, I'm going to take you back again because I, I still feel that that experience at a young age to have not only got called up, but then get to a World Series within your, you know, your second year in the big leagues. Uh, so many players go so long, you know, good, great players um, to not get to the, to you know, to get themselves a chance of getting a, a, a title like that. Um, talk about that 11, you know, World Series and that key hit you got and and how intense that series was all the way down to, you know, to taking it to game seven. Yeah. So, I mean, first I want to start with like, you know, we talked about high school winning States and then, you know, in college, you know, we got to go to the college world series and all that. And, you know, I always tell guys like, you know, worry about the moment you're in. So, you know, at 18 years old, 17 years old, I, I was able to play in a state championship, which is the highest position at that time and win. And then in college, we were able to go to the world series, which is the highest position. At the time. So I always use kind of like those memories to build up. And, and then a big, I got to highlight the 2009 triple A team that I was part of with the Memphis Redbirds. It was, you know, Adam Ottavino, who's still doing it. Um, Alan Craig, Daniel Descalzo, Jaime Garcia, uh, David Freeze, Tyler Green. We had so many guys that were able to help in that 11 team. But I, I talk about that 0-9 team because, you know, we, we you would look around the league and you see guys get called up all the time from teams we're playing against. We're like, man, we're just as good as those guys. Or, you know, but it's all timing. And these teams had, you know, holes they need to fill or whatnot. But we really talked about it. And we said, hey, let's let's just dominate here in AAA. Let's win this championship and show, you know, the Cardinals that we're winning players and we could help these teams and and we were able to do that in 2009 we we um we swept through the playoffs we won the pacific coast so then you you know take it forward to 2011 it was so cool to be able to win the world series not only with you know hall of famers like yadi and wainwright and and um albert and matt holiday and albert albert pools of course um so you know you have these guys but also to be there with freeze Descalzo, craig like my guys so it was so awesome to be in that situation. And like you said, you know, we, we understood how lucky we were and how big the, you know, how big these moments were. Like you said, there's some hall of fame players that were unbelievable that impacted the game in so many ways and didn't get a chance to even play in a world series. And for us to go out there and win, it's something that, you know, I don't take it for granted. I don't act like, Oh yeah. And you know, this or that, like, no, we were super lucky timing, you know, God put me in a great place at the right time. And, it worked out well. And, and another thing about that World Series is, you know, when you look at, at all the series and all the games, how different people contributed to different games and, and different moments. And when you look back, it's like, all right, you think of, you know, this game, you're like, oh, I remember this guy got this key hit or, you know, even that game six, you know, Kyle Loach came in and put down a perfect bunt as a pitcher in the 10th inning to, to, to advance. So there's so many little moments that led up to that World Series championship that, that, that it makes it so, so special. What was Pujols like back then? Because especially in the last couple of years, you hear stories about Albert just like really grasping the fact that he's a legend in the game and it doesn't matter who it is when he's on a ball club, they want to come up to him, hear stories, get advice and all of that. So he really embraced that. I I'm assuming that, I mean, obviously that picks up over time and he knew that, you know, his time as a player was coming to an end. You had him really kind of right in the thick of the prime of his career, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it was amazing to get to watch him every single day. I remember in spring training, you know, the same routine he has now. It's like, you know, you get to spring training at 6 a.m. He's in the cage. So, you know, as a youngster, then you'd have to hit before those guys. So, you know, myself and the scouts will get there early, do our work and just kind of be sponges. Right. We didn't have phones. We didn't have all the stuff that goes on now. We would sit in the cage and just watch Albert hit and like just work on his craft. And he was the best player in the game. And you'd watch the way he went about his business. And I always said, and something I tried to take myself after was, you know, Albert didn't have time to just sit down in his locker and just kind of hang out because it was a routine, right? It's what it's dedication. It's sacrifice. As soon as he got to the field, it was like, all right, 
I'm going to go watch film for 45 minutes. I'm going to go get in the hot tub, get a massage. I'm going to go in the cage and work on this. I'm going to go do early ground balls. I'm going to go, you know, rework stuff in my space. So I, I really saw like what it takes, you know, the routine that it takes to get to that level, right? We all have different talent, but it's like, if I can have a good routine and solid, I'll get the best out of my abilities. And that's really what I took away from him. And, and he was great. You know, he was, he was always winning the talk shop, always willing to, you know, help out with whatever it was. And then, you know, for me at the time, you know, I hid in front of him. So it was like so much pressure as far as like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a youngster hitting in front of Albert Pools and everyone's like, oh, it must be so much fun hitting in front of Albert. You know, they just feed you fastballs all the time or, or this and that. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, if I go up there and swing at an OO pitch and I roll over on a, on a, on a week at bat, like I can't do that in front of the big man. You know, I'm in a 2-0 count or a 3-1 count and have a chance to get on first base. Like I can't just go out there and hack. I got I to gotta do whatever it takes to get on base for, for, for the big guy. But, you know, it was great to – to play with him then and then you know we also spent some time together with the angels which is great and like you said the evolution of everything and you know as you go and it happens to everyone right in the beginning of my career you know i i would help and i you know i did whatever i can but as you go on more you know the routine you can kind of help out a little bit more and you kind of see that and you know what he you know i love the way just everything you know sent out for him right it was it was super weird with the whole angels thing when he got released and it was like whoa but then he goes to the dodgers and just goes off you know and was was awesome and then and then what he did last year i mean that's it's incredible you know, i was in st louis this summer i got to go to a bunch of the games and to watch what he did this year it was, it was just incredible and I, I mean you couldn't have written a better story than that it's like it was it was incredible how everything happened yeah uh it was nice that he ended up circling back full circle to st louis wasn't it um listen um you were speaking of, of like day-to-day and your kind of regiment what is your most proud? Obviously, the World Series has to be huge, but I still look at that 245 game streak, airless streak. Um, that that had to take, you know, a dedication and a practice kind of mindset and and everything in order to achieve that. Uh, talk a little bit about what was an incredible record. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, it's funny looking back now at all those things because you know when you're playing and 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 Scott, you guys know how I am. Like, I didn't. I didn't have time to look at these things. You can't get caught up in stuff because then it just slaps you in the face. You know, it's like you know you got to just keep it moving, keep it moving. And that thing, that's the hardest thing about playing right, or having success. It's like people want to remind you, like, oh, I saw you got three hits, or hey, you made a diving play. It's like, thank you. I'll talk about yeah, it. At the end of the move year. on. <laughs> move on. Move on. So, um, no, that streak. And the more I looked at it now and all that, I'm like, man, this is pretty crazy and, and cool that I was part of that. But I think for me, the, the biggest thing and that I learned, you know, you have a good routine. You're going to be consistent. And if you're consistent, you're going to have results. And that's literally how simple I, I, I used to keep it every year. And, you know, I look back at that now. It's like, wow, I was, uh, you know, that's something that uh, I'm, I'm very proud of because, you know, defensively, you know, you got to focus, you know, not not taking a pitch off, just being in there and, you know, and that time, you know, really thinking with Yachty and like watching how where he set up and just all those little things that would go on and in between innings talking to him and, and Yachty was unbelievable with me with outfield. I mean, he he taught me so much as far as like, hey, if this is the count, like back up a little bit, or he'll give me little signals of like, hey, I, I know the ball's gonna come here, move here. So, you know, I, I think about all those little intricacies and or Daniel discusses that second base and he's giving me a sign right before, like, hey, breaking ball's coming so I can get it up, you know, a jump in the gap. So those are all the things that I think about with, you know, with that little streak or whatnot. But yeah, it was, it was, it was great to have that. And, you know, my first big league outfield coach is Dave McKay. I mean, this is the most legendary, co you know, coach, one of the most legendary coaches there is. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't know how many decades he's been coaching now. It's, it's incredible. So, yeah. you know, to have a guy like Dave McKay, who's, you know, honor, respect and just integrity and, and a worker. I mean, he's still doing it to this day. I mean, you know, still out there on the elliptical right there throwing BP and, looks great so you know i was very fortunate to have him in the, in the beginning to really set that that tone for me i'm gonna jump in real quick i just wanted to because again you played with another like almost you know goat if you got albert and you know one of the goats of the hitting especially from the right side then you've got yadi merlina behind the plate man um talk a little bit you know for for the baseball purists that love this stuff how much there is interaction between the guy all the way behind home plate and the guys all the way in the outfield. I mean, before the game, during the game, and then, you know, actually, you know, live. I mean, there's some some kind of uh, uh, creations and stuff like that you guys used to, or signs that you knew what he wanted you to do. For sure. And, and Yadi was, I mean, he's such a student of the game. Um, you know, now we're fortunate enough to have, you know, front offices that are built with, you know, we have analytics 
schemes and all these different things. But, you know, Yadi was all of that in one, right? So that's where I really learned how to play center field and, and really get that edge was, you know, I'd watch Yadi, right? So as a catcher, Yadi would go and study the study the hitter. So he's watching guys on 2-0 counts, what they're doing, you know, a breaking ball early in the count, what's he going to do, a breaking ball late in the count, what's he going to do. So I kind of took that into center field, right? So I used to want to know, you know, what's the guy going to do with a fastball early in the count? What's he going to do late in the count? What's he going to do a breaking ball early and a breaking ball late? And that way I can kind of formulate a plan out there. But I'll never forget, you know, Yadi would kind of survey the field. And if he wanted me to back up, he'd kind of just point at me, just give me one of these. I'd back up a little bit. Yes, you know, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> or, or, you know, it's a, it, awesome. a one-two one count and Chris Carpenter's going to throw a breaking ball. And he's looking out there and he sees that I'm too, you know, too far back. So he just give me the point, just like, hey, shallow. And then, I mean, breaking ball comes, blue pit, blue ball, and I'm coming in, sliding catch. And I'm just like going back to my position, like, what just happened here? Like, yeah. that was like the poetry in motion was, it's just like unbelievable. So, I mean, this guy did that for so, so long. And, and you hear it time and time, right? Whether it was pitchers that came up to the Cardinal system, they were like, wow, it's incredible to throw them. Or the thing I love is when you get a veteran pitcher that's, you know, doing okay, and then he comes to the Cardinals. And next thing you know, you know, he's putting up numbers and, and you talk to him, he's like, man, I don't have to think about anything. Yadi does this. Yadi, like, he's just so hot. And it's just, I mean, that's the impact that he has that, you know, you can't measure in numbers and, you know, who he was every day consistent. I mean, you know, wrists is banged up or knees banged up, whatever. It didn't matter what was going on. He was going to be in the lineup. It, it did not matter, you know. So, you know, he's another guy that, like I said, I was so fortunate to play around with and, and just learn from it. You know, somebody I you know, got to call a teammate, a friend, which is it's, it's incredible. If I was a big league, you know, say GM or coach, I would pay a lot of money to try and convince Yachty to be part of a coaching staff, even if he didn't want to manage just to have him. I want I would want him in the dugout strategy wise. And obviously, there's <laughs> yes. other guys, too. But like what you're describing wins ball games. So even if he's not behind the plate, I mean, I would be like, hey, I know this is what the rate is and you're plenty rich. I need you, you know, because I mean, he doesn't have to work, obviously, but I think he's going to want to anyway. Yeah, I think he's got in his blood. I mean, he just retired the season and was managing in, in Venezuela. So you right. know, I think uh, I think I think that time will come. But, um, you know, it'll be on his terms, which is beautiful for him. You know, he worked hard to, to be able to do things on his terms. And obviously, I mean, he'd be a huge, you know, a huge asset to any team organization i mean anybody like he's he just knows so much and has so much knowledge and i mean grew up in the game and did it for so long and it's 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 pretty cool so like it's good to have him as a, as a guy i can call whenever i want and you know talk shop with i got one more uh yeah go um, ahead go 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 before you do your thing so yeah 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 i just want to make sure i get this in because i i, I mean i follow jay on on social and all that too to keep up sure. with what he's got going on so we, we've covered you know you're playing career coaching coming up um, life growing up, life outside of the game, because that's really important for what we do here in the sure. lounge. Like with talking to former players, some of them trends. I mean, we go all over the map. It's like talking to, you know, a, a player who went through depression because he didn't know how to kind of like separate himself to players that were like, I couldn't wait to explore this, this, that, and that, which the is illness more along the side of, of Jay, where it's like, Obviously, he's getting a coach, but you're entrepreneurial. There's a lot of things you like to do, which you talk, you know, whatever you've got going on publicly that you can talk about, like in cool. a good way, like the the brands. And then even like you love skateboarding, like, you know, like that's a great <laughs> escape. I got a couple buddies that do, too. Like I have a buddy who's like a big finance guy and he's in his like mid to late 30s and like. He will just go. I don't even know what the cool terms are. Like go boarding or uh, what, you know, you cruise, feel it. Cruise, 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 cruise. Cruise. Right, cool. we, can, we, can, we can go all over the place with this. Let's do it. <laughs> So yeah, tell me, let's cover both really quick. Give me the, the, the business side and just like what you like to do. And, and if there's anything else you want to do, that's helpful for players to think about when they're transitioning after their playing days. And then, yeah, give me, give me a, a minute on cruising. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so business wise, uh, it's really where I've been having a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've always kind of had that business mind. That's what I was studying in school. I'm getting a degree in business management and I, when people always ask me, like, if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing? I was like, yeah, I'd be doing something in the business world. I just always kind of like that. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I've gotten involved with uh, quite a few businesses um, over the last uh, couple of years or whatnot. But um, I think um, so one of the bigger ones is um, Daniel Descalzo is my right hand man. This is a guy that, <laughs> you know. You know, oh, you know, you have teammates and even yes. Scotty, you know, you, you travel with your guys all year, hey. you know, you got it. So Daniel was always my guy that just kept me right here, right? Where he was my guy where if I need to vent about anything, he was like, hey, boom, here, or whatever the case may be, right? So um, we had the opportunity, to, I had the opportunity to invest in a tequila company 
And I asked him, I was like, hey, Daniel Descalzo is like my guy. Like, can I bring him along? He's like, of course. Uh, long story short, uh, the CEO and Daniel knew each other from growing up, all these different things. So we got involved with that. It's called Los Cientos Tequila. It's doing uh, super well. It's been fun to watch it grow and, and just learn the business. So we're the official exclusive of Geodes Park in Nashville, the soccer team. So I've gone to a couple of the soccer games and, yeah. you know, just helping out with marketing and whatnot behind the scenes of all that. So that's pretty cool. And then Daniel and myself also got involved with Tomahawk Shades. So we've been helping with the same thing with marketing and, you know, kind of designing some sunglasses and just kind of learning that, that whole business. So that, that's been that's been a, a ton of fun with that one. And uh, I recently got involved with Slate uh, Slate Milk, which is great. It's based out of Boston, um, you know, high protein, low carbs. And it's just really good, healthy, uh, you know, milk, chocolate milk, dark chocolate milk. Um, there's also some uh, uh, coffee, uh, lattes with caffeine and whatnot. But um, that's that's been a ton of fun. Um, uh, what else do I got? So I work with a, a, a company called Patrikoff, uh, my financial people at Gentrust. So we kind of do, uh, you know, partnerships where Patrikoff, offers you know some exclusive um alternative deals so with them i i was involved with cholula that ended up selling so i learned pretty early on like you know how, how this kind of all works in a new world for me or whatnot so so that was a lot of fun um i got involved with kodiak cakes as well with them so i actually just went um out to, to salt lake to utah and I, I visited headquarters which is super cool i got to meet a bunch of the team the same thing with slate i went out to boston met the team went over some stuff we got to catch the celtics game that was a ton of fun. And then uh, the same thing with Patrikoff. I, I got involved with Virgin Voyages. And so I just got done with a cruise ship over there with them. And it was just cool to kind of check it all out. And then I'm, I'm planning on going to the offices here in Miami and kind of meet up with all of them. So I, I love the business world. I love, um, you know, I've been very lucky to get a lot of these opportunities. But, you know, for me, too, it's a passion thing, right? Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't get involved with Slate Milk or the, the sunglasses or tequila if I didn't like the product or if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't, you know, gun hole on it so it's been cool to get opportunities with with things that i, I really do enjoy and, and i really do like and and charity wise man you've been very involved in that too talk about a couple of little charities that that, that are heartfelt bowling for baby for years that's yeah, it yeah so uh so yeah we we had a we had a bowling event here for eight years uh we partnered the boys and girls club it was a, a ton of fun yeah i gotta love the boys and girls club my yeah head, of course of course and um, <laughs> gallo, gallo Rodriguez. shout out to gallo so um <laughs> shout out to gallo we did a ton of stuff with them and then, you know, throughout the years, you know, we hosted some events in San Diego and just different places we played, St. Louis as well. And then now I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, we're working on the, the Jay Family Foundation. We're actually going to be launching like before the season starts now. And uh, so we're going to be having an event in Miami, a bowling event, and then an event in St. Louis as well um, at Family Golf over there, which we actually did an event this summer, uh, a small event, just kind of kick things going again to, to kind of launch the, the Jay Family Foundation. So. You know, we help out with, you know, with uh, financial aid at Columbus or, you know, helping kids from the neighborhood That's that, good. you know, that need to, you know, we've sent kids um, to UN baseball camps or to be able to play in academies or, you know, whatever we can help with, we, we, we try to help with as a family. And then obviously the Boys and Girls Club, the place that's, you know, so, you know, that's been so instrumental for me with that. So, yeah. uh, you know, charity, it, it's amazing to be in the position where I'm at now and, you know, kind of pay it forward, which is, it's been a ton of fun with that. Man, I tell you what, that's good, man. You, you, you're that. That's a, you know, it's a great representation, Scotty, of a of a guy that that not not only at the first maybe wasn't expected to be this, you know, star ball player that ends up playing for twelve years, crushes the postseason, and uh, and now is moving on and being a representative, a good human, uh, former player representative of of the world. So, uh, very proud of you, man. Um, give me your no way Jose. And I know you, you played in quite a few teams played with quite a few characters and there has to be a story out there that, that maybe nobody has ever heard that Johnny J can break, uh, break it to the, to the lounge, man, red carpet lounge story. Come on. Oh man. Um, you can go back think, to UM too. I'm sure you had to. No, nah, I think I there. think a cool one. We can talk about this now. It's a uh, you know game seven of the World Series. I didn't start that game, but I came in for defense. But I remember it being like the eighth inning, and we had a pretty comfortable lead at the time. There's not a there's no such thing as a comfortable lead, right? In a game seven, <laughs> but but we knew we had a big chance of like you know we're gonna win, we're gonna do this. We're so like seven. you know Dan Daniel, myself, were downstairs getting ready. Um, in the cage, you know, getting ready to come in for defense and stretching or whatnot and all that. So, you know, we were having some fun down there, just kind of like 
you know, hyping each other up and just, you know, getting it going. So that, that was kind of like the big one that we really don't, we haven't talked about that. Cause you know, you gotta, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to stay calm, but it was just us two. We get each other and we're like, all right, you know, we're hyping each other up down there, just, you know, getting each other going to, to kind of uh, get ready for that, which is something kind of different from what I'm, what, what you see for, what you would see from me on what the you field. normally see. Right. Right. Like, it wasn't like, so you, you kind of took it one step further where you're like, yo, this, this might be it. Like you might catch like, a winning world series baseball, something like that <laughs> with your yeah, best like, friend, with yeah, your best like we're gonna, Yeah. We're going to come in for defense and we're going to get it done. Like, this is what we're going to do out here. You know? So yeah, man. Uh, that was well, kind of the cool thing. And, and then it was cool. Cause Daniel got the first ground ball of the ninth inning. Then I got the next fly ball and then Craig got the, the, the next ball. And then that's it. It was a wrap. So that was a wrap, man. No that's way, perfect. Jose on that one. Yeah. yeah Cause you, you know, you have your Alberts there, but it's like, Hey, these guys that we put together on this <laughs> yeah, ball club, right. this is why we're here in the last yeah. three pick up the outs. That's cool. How about yeah. that? That's I like cool. that a lot. No, and then, yeah. then to get into the kind of the boarding stuff. Um, so yeah, I like to do stuff, uh, you know, off the field. I, I can't sit still. Like if it's daytime, the sun's <laughs> out. The sun's down at daytime. I can't just sit on the couch or do stuff like that. So, I mean, I love the water. Uh, I love the beach. You know, growing up in Miami, I got to go to the beach a bunch as a kid and all that. So, uh, you know, I enjoy paddleboarding. I enjoy, um, I enjoy surfing whenever we get waves down here in Miami. I enjoy surfing. Um, I recently have gone into snowboarding because that was kind of the one thing I didn't do before. So snowboarding is like my thing. Like I, I if I can be on a mountain, like that's where I'd want. Really? And then, yeah. Oh yeah, I love, I love it. I love it. So I recently Cubans don't snowboard, man. What are you talking nah. about? ¿Qué tú estás haciendo ahí? Snowboarding, loco. ¿Qué pasa? Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So it was great. Uh, you know, I told you I, I went to go meet with Kodiak Cakes, and uh, you know they're in, they're in a Park City. So uh, during the trip, I was able to go and hit the mountain for a day, which was it was unbelievable. It was it was so so cool. Actually, uh, Brandon Morrow was a teammate of mine and he's okay. a big skier so he took me out on the day there which it was a fun and then i got to hit up a uh, park park city woodward so you know they got all the jumps and the ramps and all this different stuff so it's cool and then another passion of mine is skateboarding um you know i i love i always loved extreme sports since i was a kid but we didn't really have the parks in miami or whatnot and then i always had a skateboard with me my whole career where i kind of just that was my way to just kind of get away you know more of a longboard where it's you know a lot more safer and then you know, the last couple of years, I, I started venturing a little bit more and got into skateboarding, started dropping in on some quarter pipes and some and some bowls and, uh, and all that. So now uh, I usually have a skateboard with me everywhere. And, uh, you know, I try to find local parks or whatnot. And just uh, that's really my escape. And that's where did they I, implement like, that. It, did they implement it at the boys club now? Do they have? Do they have? Uh, not, not, not yet. Not yet. We got to get need to bring that them might, that, man. That bring might be the next. The that, that might be the next donation from the, to the yeah. park. But even yeah. even in Miami, we have a great park in Lot 11. That's unbelievable. And really, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a uh, blown up a lot more now where it's uh you know skating i think before was kind of looked at as like oh those are the, those guys over there in the corner you know skating or whatnot but now it's you know you see in the olympics you see guys making careers out of it or whatnot and it's something that yeah it's something that i've gotten involved with i've been lucky you know through the internet been able to meet a bunch of guys that you know i grew up you know idolizing and watching and you know i got to skate in uh paul rodriguez's park and I, I got to go to the legendary barracks and skate there so it's been a ton of fun just uh you know the adventures i've, I've taken down on my skateboard and those play hand in hand anyway. I mean, you're saying skateboarding and snowboarding. I mean, clearly yeah. some have the balance and the coordination more so than others. So, I mean, I'm going to stick the bike riding, guys. I'm going to stick the bike riding. Hey, we can, I, I'm ready for whatever. I'll, I'll hit the road bike. We got the mountain bike. I'm ready. Road bike. Don't challenge bike. A nice little stroll. Nice little yeah. stroll yeah. there on, uh, you know, on yeah, South Beach. Sure. It sounds nice to me. <laughs> so, Jay, awesome, man. We appreciate it. I think it was important, too, to let everyone know what you're up to. Um, yeah which is a lot it's like hey casually oh i got awesome this this, this, this like so thanks for the time as always it's too much uh, but you'll at least no, get some time dur during the uh during the summer when you're at the ballpark to just enjoy yeah. the game and working with yeah. the players again and all of that too so we'll see you at the park and, and, uh, spring you, training buddy, and all that and, uh, soon yeah i'll see you guys right, around buddy. for sure thank Can't you wait. thank you buddy good luck with all the right players. see you guys Oh, it's definitely a loaded question when you ask John Jay about his off-field ventures. Like, you better get ready to <laughs> kick back and learn about a lot of cool shit that he's involved with. Not to he mention, is. he's also a really cool skateboard. Uh, what was the whatever well, well, the word he used? But a, a border, <laughs> a, a border. Yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, skateboarding. Um, just a plethora, as if you will, of uh, things that he likes to do. Uh, that he gets involved in you know I, I think that he is a true renaissance man and very proud of the kid like I told you before man I was just happy to to um, kind of 
engage with him and go back in the day because of our ties to Miami. And I'm glad he mentioned the the one of the the, the key figures in our lives, which is Ed Gallo, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, uh, the legend of uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of uh, North Miami, Northwest Miami, and uh, and he's just a great rep, man. And and I love the kid. I'm glad we had him on. Yeah, same here. And I'm glad we have a little bit of time to sneak in this week in baseball. So this one was shocking to me. Oh, I'm learning a lot through this week in baseball. I read it every week. I read, you get like 15 <laughs> options and you only get to yeah, pick one buddy. or two. But this one's How good. about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Feb 21, 2000, the Cincinnati Reds announced the team has dropped its ban on earrings, but deny uh, that the acquisition of Ken Griffey Jr. is the reason. Players have worn them in the clubhouse, but weren't allowed on the field with them, at least for the Reds, as far as I'm reading here. What? That's See, I think eventually, oh, there'll be a time maybe 10 years from now, um, hopefully sooner, that people are like, wait, the Yankees had a facial hair policy? I'm like, wow. Hey, wow. I'm going there, oh. I, th- I just wow. think, you know, let people express them themselves. They're not hurting anyone. Like, w- wear what you want to wear and be who you want to be. I you're you are treading on hallowed and very eggshells right there my dear friend scotty b uh i don't know if that's gonna happen it might but uh i think i would put it at more than the over and over under and over for me would be plus 10 i would say i would go more really you think over 10 years from now yeah i disagree i think something will break it you think something will break i found that interesting though about the 2000 that there was so you know that's so it's fairly you know, recent in a, in a sense, you know, yes. um, and just a couple of decades or so, because I thought that would have been more like in the nineties. I, and I guarantee you it was for junior. I guarantee that even though they might've said it wasn't, but it was to, to bring on the great Ken Griffey junior. I remember playing with Barry Bonds and lockering next to him. And when he was in his, uh, you know, early mid twenties and, and then he came in one day and he had an earring that, you know, he had the little cross and, and we were just, in awe that he could pull it off and we were like he's so cool you know what i mean and uh i'm glad he did i agree with you i think show your show your your real personality that is the, tr- the true but the yankees having played a ball double a triple a big leagues for the new york yankees organization uh we had to be on point and tight we shall see oh yes it's been it's been a long time but at some point i think it'll change let me sneak this in well, we have like 20 seconds left here on Sirius. Um, the episode of The Simpsons entitled Homer at the Bat, February 20th, 1992. I mean, it was like star-studded. It, Griffey, Clemens, Boggs, Steve Sachs, Ozzie Smith. And and Boggs, for example, was just recently on here. So if you want to scroll back, if you're getting this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, like I, I highly recommend Wade Boggs. is a great listen. Uh, I'll give you one final thought and then we get out of here. Well, shoot, and Boggs mentions uh, the Simpsons. So, uh, but bottom line, um, this was a good one. John Jay was a beast and and a and a good representative of MLB, and that's what we're here for—to bring you the best guys here at the lounge. That's right. They're all available if you want to scroll back and listen anytime, bro. I'm Scotty B. Lounge closed. See you next week. The Legends Lounge Podcast is brought to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, Legends. Baseball Legends Lounge is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.